This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, people, how are you? It's March 16th, 2022. I am Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report direct message, and we are live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Blaze TV. Share, subscribe, tap things, etc. And today I am making two major announcements. So the show is going to be a little bit different today. We are going to focus on two announcements, uh, one of them professional, one of them personal. I suspect that some of you have already guessed at least one of them. I don't suspect it. I know it because I see comments in the locals community and you are wise, wise people who have picked up on the hints that I have been dropping. So yes, two announcements today. Uh, the professional one, sort of pretty straightforward. The personal one will be a little more personal and heartfelt. Uh, we're going to get to both of them. Uh, before we do any of that, though, I guess it's sort of connected in some ways. I've got a book coming out. Have you heard about this thing? Don't Burn This Country comes out on April 12th, 2022. You can pre-order right now at DaveRubin.com book. And you can order from Barnes & Noble or Amazon or your local bookstore. All the links are there. So you can uh, see what's what. So that actually is the perfect segue to announcement one, which is the professional announcement. Again, we got a professional one and a personal one. Oh, and I should say before we go any further, uh, a lot of you were very excited about uh, Darlene yesterday. Darlene, who showed up on The View, my little impression there that I did on The View. Very exciting. People are going crazy. Went out with a friend last night to dinner. As I'm walking out of the restaurant, a young girl runs up to me and said, Dave, I loved you on The View yesterday. So we're, we're doing good things around here. I'm feeling good about life. It's all good. So let's talk about announcement number one, the, the professional announcement. So yes, the book is coming out. I'm super psyched. As I told you guys, I uh, just recorded the audio book. It's fun. It's heartfelt. It's humorous. It's painful. It's the, it's the whole damn thing. And it's extremely relevant to everything going on in the world. Uh, but the announcement is that the tour, the Don't Burn This Country tour, uh, the tickets are about to go on sale. We're doing a pre-sale tomorrow for Locals community members. So if you join at rubenreport.locals.com, uh, you guys are going to get the first batch of tickets. You will have access to the first batch. And then the general public, as we call it in the industry, the general public uh, will be able to get tickets on Friday. So why don't we throw that image up on there? Let's talk about where we're going to be going and why we're going places. And uh, I should tell you guys that this is just the first leg of the tour. We're trying to figure out where I want to go, when I want to be there. And I think when I tell you the second announcement today, you'll understand a little bit uh, sort of limits on my time and things of that nature. So we're starting this thing on April 18th in Orlando, Florida. It's a huge theater, about 900 people. Uh, hope to see you guys at the Plaza Live. I wanted to start in Florida. We thought originally we were going to start in Miami uh, and we're going to do some other meet and greet kind of stuff in Miami. And obviously I'm here in Miami and it's, it'll be a little easier to do. So we wanted to bounce around 
through some other places in Florida. So we are starting in Orlando. Of course, Orlando, the home of Disney. And uh, Disney just tried to smack down Ron DeSantis. Didn't work out as uh, Disney would have liked. But hopefully there are some sane people in Orlando. I know there are. I did the NatCon event there a few months ago. There's a lot of great people in Orlando. I dig Orlando, you know. Sometimes Orlando gets a bit of a bad rap. You know, north, landlocked, etc. I like Orlando. I'm looking forward to going there. And I think that's the biggest theater of the entire tour. Uh, April 19th, we will be in West Palm Beach, Florida. That is a conservative stronghold. Donald Trump country, Mar-a-Lago, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to be at the Palm Beach Improv. By the way, I really uh, am going to try to do this tour in a, in a really new and sort of novel way. You know, obviously I toured with Jordan Peterson and I always tell you guys, you know, he would give these different hour and a half lectures every night. And sometimes he would talk about the book. Sometimes he would talk about 12 rules. Sometimes he would talk about one rule. Sometimes he wouldn't talk about the book at all. Sometimes he would talk about a Twitter fight he got into that day. Sometimes he would talk about hippies. It was really sort of all over the place, but I, I love to, you know, like an hour before the show, just sort of see the direction that he was kind of going in and where he was going to go. And then, and then I'd poke and prod him a little bit with the Q and A. Um, so I'm going to really try to do this tour. Like every single show will be different. If you come to more than one show, you will see a completely different show. It's going to sort of be what's on my mind that day. It's obviously going to be couched a little bit around the book. At least some, some shows, maybe I'll just do like, Hey, here are the nine chapters. Let's run, let's run the gamut. Uh, but it's going to be different. It's going to be fun. And you know, I'll mess with the crowd and I think you're going to dig it. People April 20th, I am going to be in Clearwater, Florida at the Capitol Theater. Uh, April 21st, we'll escape. Uh, well, it's not escape. There's no escaping Florida. We will sadly leave Florida for a few days. Uh, go to Raleigh, North Carolina at the Raleigh Improv. Uh, then over to Atlanta, Georgia, center stage, and actually come back to me for a sec, because I do want to reiterate something that I said a while back, and it caused a lot of consternation with my people. Uh, which is that I had said from beat one, I was not going to do any shows where there were mask mandates or where there were vaccine passports or anything. You are welcome to come to my show. And you, if you want to wear something on your face, you can. If you would like to show someone a passport, you can, but it's not going to be requested. Uh, I don't want anything to do with any of that. So all of these theaters are allowing this at the moment. Uh, unfortunately, we live in this bizarre time where I suppose anything can change at any given second. And it does seem like COVID too is on the way, but I have a feeling they're going to hold off that season of COVID till a little bit right before the midterm elections, maybe so that they can uh, get us all to mail-in ballot. You, you sort of see what they do here. So I have a feeling we're going to be okay on the COVID front uh, because there were some concerns in Atlanta. That was one of the places uh, that they thought maybe there were going to be mask mandates, et cetera, et cetera. But it looks like everything's going away. So 100%, I am not performing at a place. I am not showing up to a city or a venue whether there are mask mandates or anything else. Again, it's fine if you want to do it in your personal life. It really is. I, I'm just not participating in that. By the way, we're also doing meet and greets for all of these. I will shake your hands, limited amount of hugs per show, and, uh, and I'll get to see you and sign some books and uh, take selfies and, and the whole damn thing. So that's April 22nd in Atlanta, Georgia at Center Stage. Uh, then we're heading to Chicago. Hopefully I don't get shot. Uh, that's it. That's April 23rd, Chicago, Illinois, Improv Chicago. Maybe I can get Lori Lightfoot to open for me in Chicago. Uh, that's what I should be doing as I'm talking about this. I get who will open for me at, in each one of these shows. We'll probably have some surprise guests. We'll get some people, see what things are doing. But imagine if I get Lori Lightfoot out there to open up for me. Man, Beetlejuice. 
right up there on stage to perform and make you people laugh. Bring me out there. That would be good. Uh, then we're jumping over to Dallas, Texas. This is the only Texas stop in the in this initial leg. Again, this is just the initial leg. Uh, Dallas, you know, maybe I can get my buddy Glenn Beck to swing by. I'll I'll text him in a little bit. Maybe he'll come by and do a little do a little Q and A with me. That'll be at the Southside Music Hall. And then, yeah, we are going to add some Dallas stops, uh, some other Texas stops. Uh, that was one of the major ones I was pushing for. So we will make all that happen. But that's a quick one. April twenty fourth, Dallas, Texas, Southside Music Hall. April twenty fifth. Washington, D.C. That's right. We're going to that wretched hive of scum and villainy, the Miracle Theater. I will be there. D.C. You know, the funny thing about D.C. is before COVID, I, I've said this to you guys many times. I loved, loved D.C. I loved going there from the first time I went when I was probably in third grade when we took a family trip to D.C. and, and walking from the, the Washington Monument to the Lincoln Memorial. And I love the Jefferson Memorial, which is a little off the beaten path and going to Washington's home and, and going to Arlington Cemetery. Like, I just love the history. I've always loved all of it. I love, uh, I love just like the buildings and the, it's all just like, man, there was something really good here in America. DC sort of ain't that right now. Um, but I'm really looking forward. I did the DC improv a couple years back. It was awesome, sold out show, great energy. And there's a lot of good people in the DC area. If it's, if it's not all swamp creatures just living in DC, uh, I know there's plenty of good people. Obviously, the Maryland area is over there, and Baltimore, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so Washington, D.C., April 25th, the Miracle Theater. Then we're jumping up to New York, my home state, the state I was born in. They're letting me back in. West Nyack, we're going to be at the Levity Live Comedy Club. That's April 26th. Uh, I believe West Nyack. Is that Westchester, technically? Can you find out? Is West Nyack technically in Westchester? I thought we could do something, you know, I'm, I'm a Long Island guy originally. I thought we could do Long Island. Didn't, didn't work out for this immediate thing because again, it was all very up in the air because of the masks and the freaking passports and everything else. I think West Nyack is part of Westchester, if I'm not mistaken. You do a little research for me. Would you do that? But I'm looking forward to that. Uh, then, then we have a little bit of a break. So that's April 26th. Then we have a little bit of a break where maybe we'll add a couple things. I'm not sure, but I do want to get home for some things. I also want to, you know, I love doing this show and I don't want to, yes, I'm being told West Nyack is in Westchester. Okay. I get some kind of award for that. Um, I love doing the show and I don't want to be on the road. That was really one of my calculations. It's like, I don't want to miss daily shows all the time. We'll figure out some ways to, to shoot some stuff on the road and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I do want to get back here in studio. So we have that little break between that show and then I head to the state of California. That's right. I will be at the Brea Improv on May 11th. I did a show there a couple of years back. Also sold out. Great crowd. Uh, I know it's just like a really good group of people in that area. So that's May 11th, uh, Brea, California. Improv Brea or Brea Improv, as it were. Uh, the next night, I'll be in Oxnard, California at Oxnard Levity Live, which I also did a, a, a sold-out show over there. Uh, and then finally, uh, the last two for this initial leg. Is it the last one or the last two? Or, oh, no, last two or three. See, we, we added something. Okay. Uh, May 15th, San Jose, California, which is a great club, too. Uh, the Improv San Jose. I did that. It's actually more of like a theater than a comedy club. They got a nice mezzanine, and you can, uh, you know, maybe throw some things at me. Don't I don't recommend doing that. Uh, but it's a great club over there in San Jose. Uh, and then the final two on this last leg, if I'm not mistaken, I think, yeah, final two. Uh, Phoenix, Arizona, I will uh, be willing to go into the dry heat, as they say, 
uh, and that's the Tempe Improv, which I also did a show there, which was awesome. A couple of years back when I was, when I was doing the tour with Jordan and I would just have an off night, uh, I would just go to these comedy clubs and, and do my thing. And then finally, the, the last show that we're announcing right now for the initial leg of the tour, Denver, Colorado. You can get stoned and come see me at the Gothic Theater on May 18th. And uh, very exciting stuff, people. So uh, as I said, the pre-sale tickets will go on sale tomorrow. We're going to have a private link in uh, the Rubin Report community. So the locals, community members are able to purchase tickets first. Uh, you know, membership has its privileges, as they say. Uh, you can join right now if you want at rubenreport.locals.com. You'll have access to all these tickets. And it's uh, 10 a.m. Eastern. Everything goes on sale. 10 a.m. local time tomorrow. Whatever your local time is in your city and state, uh, the tickets will go on sale. We'll have all the links there. And then tickets go on sale to the general public on Friday, and I'm psyched to just get out there again and see people again, and you know, it's one of the reasons that living here in Florida has been so fantastic, just to be out and about and see people, go out to dinner, shake hands, and just reconnect with humans, which in some ways is very much what the book is about. Like, how do we fix so much of this craziness right now, this disconnect we have with our neighbors and our family and everything else? It's like the book is in some ways trying to trying to repair that like we need a sense of community not a sense of collectiveness which is uh collectivism which is really what we're being pushed what's being pushed on us all the time but we need a sense of community so i'm, I'm really psyched to get out there and maybe we'll ask people to dress up a little bit nicer what do you think i think so why not i'm gonna dress up nice i'll dress up you know something like this maybe i'll put on a tie for some of the shows and what if you people dressed up to go out to a theater or even to a comedy club and like, we make it something, you know, that was one of the great things about Jordan's tour and Jordan's tour is going on right now. Uh, like that people are like, oh, this is, I'm doing something and I'm gonna see other people who are, you know, standing up straight with their shoulders back out on the town to have a good time and all that good stuff. Okay, so that's it for the book. That's the personal, uh, that's the, pro the, that's a professional announcement. Uh, and uh, now I wanna talk to you about the personal announcement, which actually is much bigger than anything sort of career-wise or anything else. But before I do that, people, I want to talk to you about ExpressVPN. Does it make sense that the same company who controls half of online retail also passively eavesdrops on your private conversations at home? What about the idea that a single company controls 90% of your internet searches, runs your email service, and gets to track everything you do on your smartphone? Big tech is more powerful than most countries are, and they are profiting by exploiting your personal data. It's time to put a layer of protection between your online activity and these tech juggernauts. And that's why I use ExpressVPN. Think about how much of your life is on the internet. Sadly, every site you visit, video you watch, or message you send gets tracked and data mined. But when you run ExpressVPN on your device, the software hides your IP address. Something big tech can use to personally identify you. So ExpressVPN makes your activity harder to trace and sell to advertisers. It also encrypts 100% of your internet data to keep you safe from hackers and eavesdroppers on your network. And it does all of this without slowing your connection. That's why ExpressVPN is rated number one by the VP, rated number one VPN service by Mashable and TechRadar. Download the app on your phone or computer, tap one button and you're good to go. So stop handing over your personal data to big tech monopolies that mine your activity and sell your info. Protect yourself with the VPN I trust to keep you safe online. Visit expressvpn.com slash Ruben. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Ruben. 
to get three extra months free. Go to expressvpn.com slash Ruben right now to learn more. Okay. All right, so here's the really big announcement, and this is the personal one and the life-changing one and the whole thing, and I, I know that a lot of you have uh, been asking me about this, and uh, you know, when I wrote the original book, Don't Burn This Book, which at this point came out two years ago, which is crazy, so I really wrote it three years ago, and, and even a year before that, four years ago, was when David and I really started talking about expanding our family uh, it's something that we've been thinking about, weighing the pros and cons. What are we going to do? You know, I've sort of, for the first 40 years of my life, I kind of just didn't think I would have kids or I could just do whatever I wanted or something like that. It just wasn't really something that I really thought about that much. And in a weird way, I guess the gay thing kind of gives you like an easy out on that because, uh, I'm not a scientist, but uh, it's hard for two biological men or two biological women to actually reproduce <laughs> without some help. So it was sort of felt like an easy off ramp or something like that. Um, but David, you know, we've been together for like 13 years at this point, which in straight years is like 40 years. You know, you, that's that's how the conversion rate works on that thing. Uh, we got married in the summer of 2015, so we've been married about seven years, but we've been together about 13 years overall. And um, he's a little bit younger than me, so he grew up in a time when, when it was just obvious that, oh, you could be gay and have a family and be somewhat normal. I don't like that word normal, but like you could have, you could have something normal um, and, and something conventional, as boring as that may sound to some degree. Where I grew up, you know, when I grew up, it was like there was nobody talking about any of this stuff. Like there was no, like, oh, that's a, those are two dads or those are two moms and that's a family or something like that. I didn't know anyone like that. I just never thought about it. It just, and also I put so much into my career that for better or worse, I think it, it obviously helped me accomplish a lot in some ways, but I was so focused and driven that I, that it's a miracle in some ways that I found someone to marry, but it's also kind of a miracle that now we can move on to this, uh, to this next phase. So yes, uh, we are expanding the family, uh, but you know, I have a, belief that when you do things, uh, you don't just go, you go big. So, uh, two babies, people, two babies are on the way. Uh, those are ultrasounds, what you're seeing over there. Uh, yeah. So, okay. This is going to be very confusing to people. And I understand this, right? Like, okay, wait a minute. You're both dudes. You're showing me two ultrasounds. They don't look exactly the same. What's going on there? Are they twins? Are they something else? Can we, we pull those images up again. One of them seems lighter than the other. What, is there a coloration problem? What's going on here? Is this racial? I, I get it. There's a lot of questions related to all of this. So let me just back up a little bit and tell you about our sort of fertility journey. So it, look, it, when you have two men or two women, you're, you're missing a piece, right? You got the sperm or you got the egg, but you don't have a sperm and an egg, right? You don't have a womb. You got to figure out some things here. Um, and you know, by the way, I know most of you guys that are watching this are now on the more conservative side of things. And I, I never see any real issue with conservatives anymore and gay people. And Trump was the first, you know, first time president to run being, you know, pro gay marriage. And I think most people just kind of want to live and let live and all that. But I know this is like a little bit weird for some people to hear, right? I get it. And by the way, to me at some level, this is a little bit weird. Like I've had to learn a lot of stuff and go to a lot of doctors and it's, and it's cost a lot of money and it's been a long sort of adventure. But basically what you're seeing there, one more time with those ultrasounds, would you? Uh, those are two different wombs and those are two different babies. 
Um, and I now, I now know an awful lot about uh, birth, and I know an awful lot about zygotes, and I know an awful lot about wombs and days when things start happening and heartbeat appointments and all kinds of stuff. So basically what we are doing is we got one egg donor. So you got to think about this. If you need to stop right now and grab a Sharpie and make a chart, uh, you could. Uh, so basically we've got plenty of sperm around here. That's, that's one thing, right? So there's a lot. This is, I'm just saying, there's a lot of sperm. We didn't have a shortage of sperm. So we've got sperm. So we had half the battle, right? We had half of what we needed, but we needed an egg. So there are egg donors that are out there. These are young women who are willing to donate their eggs. And women obviously make a lot of eggs. Uh, some make a lot of eggs, some don't, don't make eggs, but the donors usually are young and healthy. And, and if they wanna help people that otherwise can't have children, they can donate their eggs. So you basically go on all of these websites. There are all these sites and it's sort of like Tinder or whatever app you were dating on where you're just kind of swiping through people and you say, oh, I like the way she looks or I like this girl had a great education or some combination thereof or this one is actually geographically close. I like this person, but they're very far. And, you know, there are different rates and all of these things. Um, and our feeling was that we wanted one egg donor, meaning you get a whole bunch of eggs. Well, hopefully you get a whole bunch of eggs from the egg donor. And then we would take several, you know, we'd split the eggs. So let's say you got, I think the first time around we got like 18 eggs. And then you take the sperm, we would split them. So now there's like nine and nine. I'm giving you the rough estimates here. Um, and you would then inseminate them. And then you hopefully from that, some of it takes, some of it doesn't take. But then in essence, you have these embryos and then you need surrogates. So the surrogate obviously is the woman who then carries the child. So basically what we've got cooking here is that we have one baby that is from my stuff and one baby that is from David's stuff, but they both will have the same biological mother and we wanted them to have that sort of genetic connection. And right now there are two really fantastic women. And you know, it's not an easy thing to be a surrogate. This is not something people really do for money. They do it for a higher purpose for sure. And really two absolutely amazing women are carrying our babies right now. Uh, so we have two babies, again, one from each of us biologically, but they will be connected through the egg, the genetic material of the mother. Uh, one baby will be born in August and one baby will be born in October. So they are not gonna be twins in a, in a technical sense, um, but they are, they, as, a, as a life going forward, I think they'll, be, they'll really be thought of as twins because you know, two months means, means nothing and they'll be in the same grade and all of that stuff. Um, and you know, one of the things that moved me on this, um, if I could just back up for a second, you know, I said the thing about how I, I sort of didn't want kids or I wasn't thinking about it or whatever. And, and I was on tour with Jordan and I met, I wrote a little bit about this and don't burn this book. Um, I was on tour with Jordan and David, even though we were, I think we were in Europe when this was really happening. David, it was really like, you know, he really, really wanted kids. He saw that vision. He felt it was the, the next step for us and all of that. And again, I'm just so focused on my career and trying to save the world and all of this stuff that I was just like, I'm putting all of my energy into that. I'm, I'm just going in that direction. And David had, we had been talking about it for quite some time, but he was really getting like more and more like, we really should do this and we can, you know, be great dads. And it's not the most conventional thing ever, but like it'll be fun and it'll be exciting and like 
all the stuff that parents tell you when they're not complaining about the kids, all the reasons that they tell you that having kids is good, like all of that stuff. And then I'm on tour with Jordan at the same time. And one night Jordan was talking about being a parent and being sort of a fully actualized and complete human being. And he was saying, and, and he said this many times before, that in essence, most people, not everybody, but most people on earth need the experience of being a parent, either a mother or a father, to fully complete the journey. And then you can take that journey a little bit forward, that, that sort of completion. You can move that forward to being a grandparent or maybe, if you're lucky enough, a great-grandparent. But that the experience of raising a child, the experience of you know, not making it all about you and having something that's more important than you and all of that stuff, that he felt that most people actually need that. So there I have David telling me how he really wants to expand the family and have kids. And I'm on tour with the guy who's the, the you know, preeminent thought leader in the world talking about why it's so important. And I really did some soul searching and I was like, man, like who, who am I to deny the person that I love really what they want, what they feel will expand everything that we're doing in our lives. And then I'm on tour with this guy. I have the, like, I'm being handed this gift by being able to listen to this every single night over and over about how you complete your life and all of these things or how you make it as whole as possible, let's say. And, uh, and that really was what moved me. And, and we started going through the, the process of how to do this. And uh, I can assure you that it is, it is not cheap. It is definitely easier if you got a man and a woman involved. Uh, I don't think we have to do, uh, you know, sixth grade biology for you, but it's 100% easier if you can go that route. Um, you know, what was interesting also was that throughout the, the surrogacy process, um, you know, it was during COVID. So our, the day we had to deposit the sperm, and you can all figure out what that is. You go to a, an office, very clinical office, and you go into a special room. They leave you in there for 10 minutes, you do your thing, and then they take that. Basically, they put it on ice, and then they figure out when they're gonna you know, connect it with the egg, so to speak. Um, anyway, it was uh, a few days after they had announced like COVID was going crazy and they were gonna lock us down and everything else. And uh, we lived in LA at the time, we lived in the valley and our fertility doctor was in Beverly Hills. So we had to go over the hill. And now you remember all that when lockdown was happening and like the roads were like oddly empty, but then suddenly really packed and the, everything just felt crazy and it was a really windy day. And basically the doctor was like, look, they're telling us we're gonna close down. We don't know when we're gonna open up. We don't know if we're gonna have nurses here. We don't know, you better get us that sperm ASAP. And we got in the car, we drove <laughs> as fast as we could over the hill to Beverly Hills uh, to donate the sperm as we get out of the car. And I just thought this is like just such a moment I will always remember in my life. I, I write about this a little bit in Don't Burn This Country actually. Like I will always remember this, like as we're getting out of the car, lockdown, we think like World War Three or World War Z is starting, like the zombie apocalypse is here. We've got to get the sperm to the doctor to save human society so people will procreate and we're going to be okay. We're getting out of the car and then my phone rings and it's Donald Trump Jr. And I'm like, man, the world's about to end. The president's son is calling me. And then I'm on the phone with Jr. And he's just asking me like, you know, what do I think about lockdowns or something like that? He was just checking in. I'm on the phone with Jr. Walking in, it was very windy. There's no one on the streets, it's eerie. And then we get to the fertility clinic and standing outside the door of the fertility clinic is Dennis Rodman of all people, Dennis Rodman. Yeah, Dennis Rodman, former NBA player, crazy hair, 
Dennis Rodman, like cross-dressing Dennis Rodman, who I loved growing up. Uh, and he's just outside the sperm clinic. What Dennis Rodman was doing outside a sperm clinic, I don't know. He had a, he had a skateboard with him. Anyway, we go up there, deposit the sperm. And then, you know, then because of COVID and lockdowns and everything else, the process of surrogacy became very slow. One, of, one thing that you'll probably find very interesting, actually, is that the, uh, the pool of surrogates, so there's not like zillions and zillions of surrogates out there, right? Because you really do, and I, I genuinely mean this, you have to be a very special person to want to carry someone else's child, right? Like, like you are the vessel to help uh, create life, but, it, but at the end of the day, it's, it's someone else's child. Um, so there's not a ton of surrogates. And over the course of, of months where we were going through COVID and lockdowns and everything else, it turned out that a lot of surrogates, I was told 80% of surrogates in the market did not want to get vaccinated for whatever reason that is, whatever personal reason they had. So then there was a very, very small pool of surrogates. Obviously, we did not want to force, I certainly was not going to do that, force anyone to, uh, to get vaccinated or anything like that. I don't want to get too in, into the weeds on, on the science and what we ended up doing and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it just really made things very complex. Um, as you may remember, um, you know, there were a couple miscarriages along the way, which, um, you know, apparently, and I'm, I'm sure many of you have heard some version of this in your own private life. Uh, there's been an awful lot of miscarriages in the last two years. Doctors don't know exactly what to chalk that up to. Is it, is it somehow COVID related? Is it somehow vaccine related? Is it somehow stress-related of the world feeling so out of control? Who knows? Uh, but long story short, uh, finally, a couple months back, we heard that our first surrogate was pregnant and a seriously strong baby. Like, they're really impressed with this kid. The numbers are off the charts. Um, and then we were like, you know what? We just got to keep moving. We got to keep moving. You know, I'm 45 years old. I, I, I'm not getting any younger. I want to be able to play catch and shoot hoops with this kid. I hurt my hip this last night. I don't know what's going on. I was like limping around this morning. Like, like the clock is ticking. I'm not like uh, Marissa Tomei in, uh, uh, what was it? What was that movie? Uh, uh, my Cousin Vinny, you know, like her biological clock is ticking. Not quite like that, but like, you know, we, we had to move. So once, once we knew that the, the first surrogate was pregnant, we were just like, let's just keep going because, because who knows? You know, there, there could be other miscarriages, there could, you know, just delays, like COVID could come back, the doctors may want, not want it, like there's so many things, so many things. Um, and then we tried again and it worked. So we've got these two, these two babies on the way and, uh, you know, uh, people keep telling me I'm gonna make a great dad. Uh, we shall see, you know, I've got a few more months of, of freedom, so we're gonna try to enjoy it as much as possible, but I'm, I'm looking forward to the next chapter. Um, but it is kind of funny the way people respond when you tell them because like we, we're telling people and everyone's like, oh my God, you know, you're gonna make a great dad. And then it's also like, you better have fun now. This is it for you. You had a hell of a run 45 years. You did it. You did whatever you wanted. You were having fun all day. Oh yeah, drinking your tequila, making your steaks. You think you can do whatever you want, you know? All right, this is part of life. It's part of life. And obviously there's a whole bunch of goodness and, and stuff on the other side. So uh, we, are, we are very excited. Um, I wanna thank all of you that, you know, people have been sending me messages about this and thoughts and trying to give advice on surrogacy and eggs and, and doctors reached out to me and all sorts of stuff. Um, so we're, uh, we're, very, we're very excited. It's also why, you know, I, I, when we decided to do the tour, uh, that I didn't want to go crazy and say, oh, I'll be, I'll be on tour for five months right now. It's like, 
we have a limited amount of time before these babies are here. And obviously that, that just changes everything. Like it just does. So we'll figure out how I can bounce around and still be able to have some time at home and, and do that kind of thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, kids, man. So maybe I'll have a little co-host on the show, maybe two co-hosts. We'll see what happens. Um, all right. So before we wrap up, let me jump into some uh, comments from the locals community. And, uh, and then right at the end, we'll just throw back to those tour dates one more time. Rose says, woohoo, mazel tov. You're both going to be fantastic. You know, what, one of the things that I'm kind of worried about is like, I don't know how useful I'm going to be for the first year, let's say. Like when, when the baby is very, very small and there's a lot of, you know, the, there's the pooping and the crying and the screaming. And then you bring a baby into that. It's a lot. You know what I'm saying? See what I did there? Um, I, yeah, like that first year seems like sort of nuts, but you know, fortunately we've got, we've got great grandmothers, great grandmothers around, not great grandmothers. We've got great grandmothers around here. And, uh, and I think David's sister is going to come down and help. And, and by the way, we want the, the, the kids. Oh, I guess I could tell you the sex. I didn't tell you the sex. There was a debate. We had an internal debate. Should we just let the kids decide? Should we let the kids decide the sex, the gender? And uh, the doctor didn't find that joke funny. I used it on almost everyone all the time when they would say, well, what sex? Or, you know, have you thought about the sex? And I said, well, we're going to let the kid decide. Nobody in the fertility world finds that joke funny. I find it funny. Um, but uh, we are having two boys. We are having two boys. Um, it really had nothing to do with anything other than we went for the strongest embryos. They really can grade these things. There, there is a system of grades, almost like, almost like eggs, like in your, in your fridge, like triple A, double A, single A, and they tell you all sorts of things and you do genetic testing and, and all sorts of stuff. And we really just wanted the, the two embryos that had the strongest chance of survival. I would have been happy if it was two daughters. I would have been happy if it was a girl and a boy, whatever. Um, but we just wanted, we just wanted happy, healthy kids. So we went with what was sort of genetically the strongest. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a lot of dudes around here. Uh, Jay Rosen three says, wowza, holy moly. Now you need to get another dog for Clyde. Oh man. So one of the things we're doing right now is Clyde is being retrained right now. Cause he's been a little nutty since we've been in Florida. I think the lizards and the iguanas and the peacocks, everything's like keeping him on edge. And he's been like a little more jumpy lately and barking a lot. And when people come to the house, he jumps all over him. So he's getting retrained because we want him obviously to be great with the kids. And we, when we've brought my nieces and nephews here, uh, you know, kids don't like to be mauled by the dog. So we're gonna, we're gonna do the best we can on that front. So we got somebody that's uh, training Clyde right now and, and we're, we're actually all doing it together. Uh, Anya says, get a lot of sleep in advance. Yeah. It's like, I don't have crazy bag. You know, you see these people that like they're good looking people seem like they've got their shit together. Life is good. They've managed to, you know, go forward into the world and do it. All right. Then they have a kid. And next thing you know, like their face is like sliding off their skull and they don't know where am I? What happened? What's going on? Like, the, you know, like that thing. So yeah, we got to get, I guess I could use Genucel. I guess I could use Genucel. You know, if there was only a code, genucel.com slash Dave, you know, slash Ruben, slash Dave, slash Ruben. You try one and see what happens. Um, but yeah, ca I will catch up on my sleep. I think we're going to have a night nurse, uh, at least for the beginning, someone who will be here at night to really help uh, the babies get on a good sleep schedule and all that stuff. Also, we're going to have to kind of line it up because we have this two-month break between the August birth and the, uh, the October birth. We got a lot of things that we need to figure out, but fortunately we have, we have great families and a good network. And, uh, I, I know we're going to have a lot of help and you 
it's all going to be good. Uh, Tiger says, I know that you will raise a child who values freedom, America, responsibility, and thought. Yeah, I hope so. I, I'm going to do everything I can to do that and do it right and uh, not raise a crazy wokester nutbag. That would be a horrible ending to this story. You know, wouldn't that be just terrible? Like, have you met Dave Rubin's son? You know, like, she's a real wokester. You know, like, that would just be so terrible. So I will have to work on that. How do you make a child that only will do and act exactly as you wish? We're going to have to figure that out. That's, a, that's an important part of parenting, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, you know, that's also part of this. It's like, you know, this world is so nuts. The world is nuts. There's just no doubt about it. And, and you see there's all sorts of studies now where young people are having kids way, way later, right? Like my grandparents' age, I think both of my grandmothers had their first kids at 21 and 20. No, I think maybe even 19 and 21, something like that. And that's a very rare thing right now. You don't hear of a lot of young people having kids early. And that changes the dynamic of the family, right? We have less great-grandparents now because they sort of age out. It's just because families are starting later. I grew up. I had, uh, I had two great-grandparents. Um, actually, I had a great-grandfather longer than I had grandfathers in a, in a bizarre twist. Um, but, you know, as we, as we age out and we do things later, you know, now people are having children in their late 20s more and actually into their, even into their mid-30s and some people even late 30s, like anything is actually possible at this point. Um, and you can, you can put your eggs on ice and all sorts of stuff. Um, but it does change the way the family dynamic looks. And I get why people are delaying things. The world feels very unsure. People don't feel sure about their jobs. They don't feel sure about the country and all of that. And in some ways that was also like in a, in a small way, I would say, it was why I decided I also wanted to have kids because it was like this thing, whatever we're going through right now, it's like humans have been through it before. Humans are going to go through it again and you got to keep going on. And it's not just that you have to keep going on. You have to keep making sure there's more people to go on and fight for the good things and all of those things. So I, I felt that like, even though this was very personal, mostly like, like literally about my family, um, there was, there is some societal element to this, you know, there really is. And, uh, I think we can win and I think we can pave the road for a better world than perhaps exists at this very moment. Um, and I guess my job is now double, right? I always say I've nothing better to do than save the world. Well, now, now I really better get cracking because I, why else would you want to bring kids into a world that is so screwed up? So, uh, I got, I got a lot of work to do. Jeez. Whew. Clear out my calendar, save the world. Pave a better world for the children. Do it today. Uh, so anyway, I have no doubt that uh, you guys are going to send us all kinds of nice messages and things. And uh, I appreciate it. Dave, I can speak on behalf of David. I'm sure we appreciate it. And don't worry. The, by the way, the kids are not going to be named Dave and David. That's for sure. It's enough of that. It's, it's, uh, I get it. It's very confusing for people. We will give the children their own names. They will not be Dave and or David or Davey. Okay. Nothing. Well, I, no D's. It's enough. It's enough. So anyway, thank you for listening today, guys. Uh, I look forward to, you know, sharing the updates with you and, and hearing from you and getting advice from you guys and all of that good stuff. And before these kids enter this mortal world, uh, I am going on tour to say hi to as many of you as possible. Uh, let's throw that up one more time. Uh, so this is just the first leg of the tour. Uh, tickets go on pre-sale tomorrow for Locals members, so you can join at rubenreport.locals.com and at 10 a.m. local time in each uh, each city, 
uh, you will be able to order tickets. And then Friday for the general public, April 18th, Orlando, Florida, April 19th, West Palm Beach, April 20th, Clearwater, Florida, three Floridian stops to get us going. Uh, April 21st, Raleigh, North Carolina, April 22nd, Atlanta, Georgia, April 23rd, Chicago, Illinois, April 24th, Dallas, Texas, April 25th, Washington, D.C., April 26th, West Nyack, New York, uh, May 11th, and there's a little break, May 11th, Brea, California, May 12th, Oxnard, California, May 15th, San Jose, California, uh, May 16th, Phoenix, Arizona, May 18th, Denver, Colorado, and then, yeah, we will add some things. Yes, we're going to get Nashville in there. Do not worry. Uh, we're going to get some more Texas stuff. Maybe I'll go up to Portland and Seattle. I don't know. We'll, we got a debate, you know, and now I'm an expecting father. So I have to be a little more careful. You know, I don't want to get, you know, go to Portland. A lot of weirdness there. Something ain't right over there. Uh, guys, you can order pre-order. Don't burn this country. DaveRubin.com slash book. Uh, you can get it at your local bookstore. All the links are there. You check it out. See Purchase it wherever you're comfortable purchasing it. And uh, if you want to play along, you can join us at rubenreport.locals.com. Part one of my interview with Rick Rennell is up right now on YouTube and on Rumble. The full thing's up ad-free at Locals. And uh, thanks, everybody. I know this show is a little bit different than usual. I guess there's some kind of war. Maybe they're bringing back COVID. Whatever. We'll deal with all that tomorrow. But for today, having some kids. So, uh, all right. Have a good one, everyone. See you tomorrow. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.